welcome to another episode of La Ventanita. Uh, I'm Carlos Frias, joined every week by my co-host, Amy Reyes. Hi. You excited for this one? Super excited. This guy is probably my favorite person ever at this point. We have been going on. All the best on food and, opinions. Yes, we've been going on and on uh, on Twitter about it for the last two weeks. Uh, and, and I'm really excited to get into it. Um, we're going to talk about some other things today. Obviously, Smorgasbord, uh, which is this new open-air market. Think of it like food trucks without the trucks, like they're under canopy tents, uh, opening in Wynwood this weekend. We'll talk about that. Uh, a favorite of ours, uh, Cake Thai, um, which uh, closed uh, during the pandemic, is reopening in a new location. And we'll get into the, uh, the croqueta bracket. The uh, Sweet 16. That is correct. Um, but let's get right into it. Uh, our guest today is Mark Hockman. Now, Mark is more than just South Florida's funniest, most prominent local sports radio host. He is a food provocateur. I have named him such. <laughs> uh, on his afternoon drive time show with uh, former Dolphin Channing Crowder, you can hear all kinds of his food opinions. Uh, he declares uh, ice cream cake the worst kind of cake. Uh, he despises the pickle spear that comes with sandwiches for some reason. Blasphemy. Uh, yeah, his, uh, he claims that Cherry Coke is a, quote, all-time banger. Super uh, ew. And, uh, and that Chicago deep dish pizza is the best kind of pizza. <laughs> uh, a, pad, a past podcast uh, guest of ours, Ryan Sensu, uh, the founder of Funky Buddha, called his food takes some of the worst he's ever heard. Uh, here, have a listen. I have arguments a lot with Mark Hawkman um, from 560 because sure. I he's got the worst food takes in the history of man. You know, I, our argument is like he, he loves cookie cake. And I said, that's it's not a cake. It's a cookie shaped like a cake. I mean, you might as well call pizza a cake just because it's the same shape. <laughs> and he says ice cream cake is the worst. And I said, that's absolutely false. Ice cream cake is the best. So I don't I don't have any. I can't give you a hot take. I have all good takes. I think okay, I think well, Mark Mark Conway goes out of his way to, to, to he's a provocateur. He's a he's yeah, a bad take food provocateur. So yeah, <laughs> yeah I, he said he had the worst food takes in the history of man. Yeah, that, that is that is a strong words. Shots so, fired. <laughs> yeah. So we wanted to have Hawk on to uh, defend himself. Uh, now Mark is a busy guy who has to get ready for his own daily radio show. Uh, so we recorded our interview with him yesterday, but you'll hear it uncut in its entirety, and uh, we will talk about it afterwards. So, uh, so uh, Pierre. So Amy, Mark, uh, Mark Hockman is the only guest so far to have big timed us and uh, and demanded to have his interview pre-recorded. Uh, no, that's not true. He actually uh, <laughs> he, he actually had a conflict and asked. Uh, if we wouldn't mind pre-recording, and of course we would, we would not mind because uh, we want to have him on to defend himself on uh, previous guest Ryan Sense saying that he had some of the worst takes in food. So Mark Hockman, please tell us, do you have the worst takes in food and why is that true? No, it's not true. First of all, thank you for uh, thank you for allowing me to tape in advance. It was really just a flex. I have nothing to do when this is going on live. It was a little <laughs> bit of a flex. But no, I, I have great food takes. Here's the thing that gets confused, Carlos and Amy. Um, I say things that, you know, people go, oh, it, that's unpopular. Um, I, but I, I'm not afraid to say the truth when it comes to food. So... It gets confused sometimes. Like, oh, that guy's got the worst food takes. No, I don't have the worst food takes. I'm just not afraid to tell you 
that no one likes sweet potato fries. Everyone wants to order sweet potato fries. Everyone okay, I got to agree with him there. That is, this is see? true. You see? If you're going <laughs> to eat sweet potato fries, you are pretending to you're be pretending. on a diet. You're pretending. You're pretending First that you're all, on a diet. You're thinking, oh, I'm getting sweet potato fries. That's got to be healthier than a French fry. A, but the oil. it's not. Right. <laughs> and, and B, they give you a marshmallow dip. To dip it in. Like anything that you've got to dip in marshmallow to taste acceptable, you know, isn't great on its own anyway. So everyone, oh, no, no, no. I like sweet potato fries. You don't. And and I'm here. I'm trying to wake you up. Wakey. Wakey, wakey. <laughs> I'm trying to wake you up. No one wants sweet potato fries. It's a, well, you, it's a, you know it's what my a, hot food take is, Mark? That uh, shellfish is disgusting. Like anything like hard shell. Fish is just disgusting. It. I am from the school of um, what's that comedian's name? They called it snot from a rock. Oh God. I don't know. Who anyway, said there's that. a there's a know. comic that says that that shellfish is basically snot I, in a rock. I can't. I can't. I can't agree. I almost want Pierre, our technical director, to just mute your microphone. No, no, that's, no. That's a wrong. <laughs> shellfish. Shell, we just mute a, her. I have to disagree. Like a little puddle no. of bacteria no. inside of a rock that you are slurping down, like snot. I mean, are we Ew. talking about stone crab here? Are we I'm talking, talking about, about king crab legs? I'm talking about shellfish, like, I mean, or like hard oysters. You're, you're oysters. You are food oysters, racist. No, muscle. you're food ra you're a food racist. <laughs> oysters, you're, you're, muscle, said all clam. crustaceans. No, this is the, this is some Midwest food racism. You're like, no, you're like, I could eat I could eat like some shrimps if you cook them. I'll eat shrimp. But, I mean, how about um, uh, you go to New Orleans and you go to Drago's and you get those. Um, what is it? The uh, the oysters. It, it, I mean, and the crawfish. It's so and the crawfish. good. The crawfish too. Man. So good. No, Amy. Yeah. Look, Amy is Amy's got a white girl stomach. It's we, it's a it's an established fact between us. And, <laughs> and here she's got a white girl stomach, so like her eyes get real big, and she eats the thing, and it makes her sick. So then that scares her off into everything. She's scared yeah, of oysters. Yeah, for me, like like I have to like my diet should consist of mashed potatoes and peanut butter and jelly sandwiches. Like that's all I By should ever way, eat. No shame in that. No shame in that. That's that. That's where you know. Again, Carlos will will uh, deem it food provocateur, uh, and I will tell you. No, I'm just a food truther. Like the the truth <laughs> of the matter is, the McRib is a delicious sandwich, and everyone's sending out these memes. You know, when I sing the praises of the McRib, everyone oh, no. sends me that same TikTok, which is you know they're taking this plank of frozen pork. And they're just dropping it in a vat of sauce. And supposedly, that's supposed to scare me away from the McRib. It just makes it look more delicious. Like, Mark, let's open Mark. our eyes to the truths of food. The McRib is a delicious sandwich. Sure, it's a plank of frozen pork drenched in a sweet, tangy sauce on a bun. It's delicious. Let's enjoy it. Mark, I think what you're describing is a meat jello mold. It's a savory, it's savory set jello mold is, is what see. the McRib I, is. I still have some work to do with Carlos, obviously. <laughs> He's not ready to open his eyes. It's kind of like the Matrix. Like, it's kind of like the food Matrix. You don't, you don't really know what the truth is. You've been, you've been told what you've the truth programmed. is. You've been programmed. I haven't right. taken the red and pill. I'm I need trying to take the red I'm trying pill. to deprogram you. Okay, the food Mark, red pill. program, so can I, can us, I just program say, us about pizza now. Tell well, us, I, I, talk to us about the Chicago deep dip, deep dish pizza. I was going to say, the thing that I like about Mark's 
uh, show, which is, you know, it's a, it's a 5.60 and 7.90 in the morning, or in the afternoons, I'm sorry, the drive time, is that he doesn't just keep it about sports. He brings all of these takes in, all of these things that are pop culture and about food. And and uh, it's frankly why, why he's on our radar. But And one of the things that Amy just mentioned, you have you have a hot hot take on pizza. Like, the, in your view, the best pizza is... Well, I'll tell you, there, there's there's kind of two tentacles to this. So I grew up in Chicago, so I'm oh, a deep dish okay. pizza already, guy. Okay, so. already you're going to be disqualified, but okay. So deep dish pizza is the premier pizza in the world. Oh in the God. world, it's not, it's not oh even God. up for debate. In fact, New York pizza, when I do the listing of the best pizzas, New York pizza is probably fifth or sixth on the list. Doesn't mean that I don't enjoy a good New York slice every now and then. Oh but if you're going to eat thin pizza, because you can't get real good deep dish pizza in South Florida. If you're going to eat thin pizza, the best way to eat it is square cut and not triangular cut. Oh and you God. have to ask the pizza place, hey, can you square cut it? Some people call it tavern cut. Um, but the square cut pizza is the premier way to eat a slice of thin pizza. I'm telling you, game changer. My, well, game changer. When you say listen, thin listen, pizza. Listen, listen Mark. Uh, uh, deep dish pizza is a pie. Change my mind. It's a savory pie. Change my mind. It's a tomato uh, pie. It's a, a lot tomato of people and cheese say, pie. A lot of people no, say it's a cheese it's pie. A it's a cheese pie with a tomato, it's a what? tomato drizzle. A lot of people will say it's a casserole. It's a casserole. Um, it's a pie, or, but it's got it's a crust. It's a pot pie. It's a pie. It's like a pot pie. It's, it's, it's a pot not pie. a pot pie because I think a pot pie would have oh, a crispy a covering. Yeah, that's um, true. I, I, I honestly believe that, again, it scares people. I'm a food truther. It scares people. But a good slice of deep dish pizza is pizza, right? Mozzarella, tomato sauce, crust. It's just brought to you on a whole different level. You sit down in Chicago, eat a delicious deep dish pizza, Lou Malnati's, Giordano's, Uno Due. It will by far, by far be the superior slice of pizza that you can get in a moment. Now, look, I get it. You're walking down the street in New York. You stop into Original Ray's. You, you fold it up. You eat it. I'm good with that. I like, I like, uh, I like New York pizza. But if we're talking about what is the best pizza, what's the premier pizza, it's Chicago deep dish pizza. And I, I would think, say probably, shockingly, a close second might be Detroit-style pizza. I was going to mention the best pizza in America is probably Buddy's Pizza, which is wow. the pizza place in Detroit, Michigan. And that pizza is so good because it is that square tavern style that you were discussing. And it's almost like a piece of focaccia with stuff on top of it. And the crust is just basically like the burnt edges right. with like cheese pieces kind of stuck to the side. And um, it's just the greatest Amy, pizza Amy, I have Amy, I have heard you describe Buddy's Pizza alternately as both the best and the worst pizza. So well, uh, like, I, I have literally heard you say this pizza will kill you. Also, it's terrible, and it's my favorite pizza. Also, my right. stomach is a white girl stomach, and I don't like. Chocolate. I can handle Buddy's Pizza. This is. I feel like it's one of those things you have to be raised on in order to to like build up a tolerance for it. But Buddy's Pizza is, in my humble opinion, the world's greatest pizza. De Detroit Pizza is delicious because it does. It's got that burnt cheese crust, and that yeah. just, that that's like. Uh, and because it's like so, so much good. bread, it's like well, yep. this 
thick, you know. There's a there's a Miami place that uh, that actually opened a physical store, but they started doing something during the pandemic uh, called Old Greg's Pizza, and they were selling square pizza, and it became like a thing. Like square pizza last year had a little bit of a rebirth. Like there was a guy named uh, he he goes by the name Jeremiah Bullfrog. I don't know what his real name is. Uh, but he gets real upset if you ask him his real sounds name. Sounds like an sounds like an alias. <laughs> but that that guy started like a Detroit style pizza, and and this guy uh, Greg uh, Tetzner, I think is his last name, has started selling the square style pizza, and people really liked it. And I think it's fine, but like square pizza, you can have one piece of pizza, and then you have to take a nap. But un- understand, here's what I'm oh, saying. No, I don't no. want you. you can I don't have want two you to... and a half, and then you hate yourself. That's I don't how want you to confuse. Works. Square pizza, sometimes it's called, you know, Sicilian pizza or Detroit style. I don't want you to confuse that with a regular pizza that you would get from wherever you order pizzas. I'm in Boca. I'll order from Tommaso's. uh, I'll order from Cannoli Kitchen. And it's just a regular round, thin pizza. But I ask them to square cut it instead of the traditional triangular cut. So I want you to confuse a square cut pizza with like a Detroit well, wait style. Wait a minute, a wait a minute, Mark. Style. No, no. That's, see, no. what you're see, doing is you're that's... you're removing the crust from parts of the pizza. That is correct. So Mark, why this pizza? This pizza is perfect for anyone under the age of four. Like I'm a, telling you, it's a kids' party pizza. That's in Chicago, the only I acceptable never, time to do that. I never to a had. Pizza, I never had a triangular cut slice of pizza until I moved to Miami in 1987. You've been in hurt. Chicago. You've been deeply hurt. Any pizza that you get delivered to your house or that you get while you're out is square cut, tavern cut. So and wait a minute. It's a round pizza. Correct. Cut not chaotically. Into, it's, not into chaotically. Just... it's not chaotic. <laughs> it's chaotic. It is very Mark. geometric. Oh, it is Mark. not chaotic at all. No, because it's very geometric. Then it's like a brownie where you kind of there you'll have people that want no crust on the brownie and no crust on the pizza. Somebody just gets a wedge in the middle with a thin crust. And that's just wrong. Common that's argument wrong. from people that go square cut, oh, you're gonna have slices that have no crust. If you have a triangular slice of pizza, you're you're way down here. With no crust. You're up here with some crust. So you're saying, oh, this slice has crust. But there's all this landscape that has no crust. You're kind of, you're kind of ma- taking out the middleman. Yeah, when you but do no, you're, you're ruining the journey to the crust. No, no. He's like, ruining, that is what. It, this is why he's a food provocateur, Amy. This, this is, is why this is a, I'm serious. Here. I'm Listen, speaking truths here. Can we, this can is we, a strange make, opinion. Because, first of all, it's easy, the crust is kind of the handle of the pizza. So that's where you put your hands to keep the balance. You know, you can fold it so that like the weight of the grease and the cheese doesn't like turn it into like a drooping banana. But the crust provides the leverage. And this is an important part of the consumption of pizza. And when you take a slice of pizza, that's one of the middle squares in a square cut pizza. Oh, I'm going to throw it in my mouth. I'm going to throw it in my mouth. Take that first bite. And you know, you're just in pizza heaven because you're in the best part of the pizza. The sauce, the tomato, the uh, the cheese, and you've got the crust on the bottom. Obviously, uh, it really it's a game changer. It's a That's life revolting. changer. And and trust me, uh, once you start getting square cut pizza, you probably will never go back to triangular cut unless forced to. No, my, I I think we got to change the subject because I'm already. It's starting to. I haven't eaten breakfast yet, yeah, and this, it's starting uh, to make my stomach. Fasting leap. is not the working cr- out for us. The crustless pizza. Yeah, Amy and I are in an, are in an intermittent fast. So, but of course, I ate at midnight last night. So now I can't eat till like 
three o'clock on Saturday. So you can't basically. eat till tomorrow. <laughs> I can't eat till Saturday. I think is how that works. But Mark, Mark agrees with me I, because he's a he's a good food provocateur. That the uncrustable, or sea, the the peanut butter and jelly sandwich whose edges have been crimped, is the missing link that gets people the from the from is, the sandwich to the to embrace an empanada as a sandwich because the that's uncrustable what it is. is the gringo empanada. That yes. is the definition of the uncrustable. I love it. So, uh, as you know, I have embraced Carlos's uh, title, food provocateur or bad food take provocateur. Uh, but he is right. It is technically an empanada. And uh, if you want to, the, the way that I'm going to uh, use that is have friends over, you know, watch party. It's a, maybe an Inter-Miami game or, uh, you know, Marlins game, Heat game. Uh, and, uh, and say, hey, you know, come over, bring your appetite because I'm serving empanadas. And everybody's going to be all excited. Going to plop a, uh, an Uncrustable down in front of them at the party uh, solidify myself as a food tour, <laughs> but also be able to relax in the notion that I am indeed serving empanadas. This, this fills me with so empanada. much joy. I would love to be in that room. I would love oh to God. do that and just what watch he... people's faces and just kind of like, uh, yeah, hundred percent. Do understand? Hundred. Mark, doing what if you deep fried them or baked them? Oh my God! Mm. Oh, oh my God! God. Deep you guys fried. ever watch? Uh, you guys ever watch a? Uh, there's a guy on Instagram and TikTok. His name is Cujine. Meals by Cujine. I don't watch anything on Instagram. But oh tell my us. god, watch this dude! But he he uh, he's he's uh, he he made the other day just white bread, put some mozzarella in it, maybe some burrata, and then crimped it on the white bread, crimped it, then coated it almost like a French toast, battered it, deep fried it. And it was the greatest looking thing. You just happened to talk about the crimping of the edges. Oh, well, it's uh, a ravioli. He made a ravioli. It, he said crimp it in the style of a fried ravioli. And which is why a ravioli is a sandwich. It's a sandwich. That's is a, a ravioli an empanada? It, which is a sandwich. It's a tiny empanada. It's right. a tiny empanada. So if I go to an Italian restaurant, I could ask for, let's say, a bowl of empanadas. Yes. Yes. I'm That's theoretically asking for ravioli. That's exactly what you're asking. I'm in. You got no argument out of me. Perfect. This is a man. This is a man who understands, really understands what I'm trying to do here. I'm trying to expand the vocabulary of food. Well, he's had Carlos has had a long-running debate on social media about what constitutes a sandwich, and there, there are, you know, there's there a lot of out there. There's a lot of sandwich truthers out there. Um, you know, it, it all boils down to it starts with is a hot dog a sandwich, right? Isn't that where uh, isn't that where the is a sandwich argument begins? Right, right. That's like the first that's the first uh, like like when you start questioning God, that's the first <laughs> the first one. Like, wait, oh, my God, is a, all this time has a hot dog been a sandwich? So that's it's bread around meat and I eat gateway. it with my hands. How is this not a sandwich? It's, it's a sandwich. So like replace the dog with uh, like shaved meat and it's cheesesteak. Right. And that's a sandwich. We all agree that's a sandwich. Right. Right. What about, though, a quesadilla? That's uh, a sandwich. That is totally a sandwich. A burrito sandwich. A burrito is a sandwich. A burrito is a sandwich. A burrito is a sandwich. Yeah, absolutely. A burrito. Right. A, a dumpling. 
deep uh, and arepa? dumpling is a sandwich. Arepa is a sandwich? Yes. It's all wrapped around and you just you bite right in. And arepa? It's an ice cream sandwich, a traditional sandwich. Oh, it's yeah, not it's bread. A, yeah. it's, it's a, a dessert sandwich. No, that's fine. It's, it's a two dessert carbs sandwich. surrounding some kind of a thing. <laughs> so, no, all right. All right. All right. Mark, I'll go by that definition. Mark, if a it's pastelito. Two carbs a, a pastelito is a sandwich. You know Cuban pastelito? Pastelito is a sandwich. Yeah. Because it's got bread. filling? Yes, it's not. Well, you know, they, they, they make the layer. They put the guava in it, say, and then more layers. And right. That's, they've cre- they actually, that the, the guava is sandwiched inside. Interesting. So is a it's Twinkie? In the name. Is a Twinkie a sandwich? Yeah, it's a cream. It's a little cream-filled it's, sandwich. It's a sandwich. It's a Jesus, yes, yeah, sandwich. Twinkie's we've a sandwich. gone a little. I think we've lost the plot here. Well, welcome <laughs> to the Church the of plot. Sandwichology, Mark. This is, uh, so this Mark, is what did we do you... here. Did you start doing that YouTube um, show with your son so that you could indoctrinate him into your bad food takes? So we have a, uh, a YouTube show called Hockman's Food Court, and uh, it was a little play on the words food court. But my son and I uh, would go to five different fast food places and, uh, and then render verdicts in the food court on who has the best fries. And it wasn't uh, to indoctrinate him. It was to show that, you know, know, people frown on kitschy, pop culture-y, fast food items. You know, everyone, and and I'm sure, Carlos, when you're writing about food, um, it's generally upscale, right? It's that's, That's what people expect from food coverage in the media. And I kind of wanted to do something, and my son's the same way, where we were, you know, having the same serious conversation about food, but it wasn't about who has the best stone crab or who makes the best rice pilaf. It was who's got the best French fries, who's got the best hash browns, who's got the best chocolate-covered donuts. Um, and, and so that was really the... Uh, that was really the impetus behind it because I love, I love food arguments. I love food conversations, but I would much prefer to talk about, you know, again, the McRib, the shamrock shake, the, uh, the, they used to have the potato cakes at Arby's. They got rid of those curly fries versus crinkle cut fries versus steak fries, which by the way, steak fries are always the absolute worst. That is garbage. Steak fries. Anybody that tells you steak fries are a preferable way to uh, wait, buy a wait, potato. Define no, a wait, steak fry. What are steak fries? Steak fries are thick cut fries. Like, mm-hmm. how can you like a potato cake and not like a steak fry? It's just because a it's more like a hash cake. brown. It's more like it's a, a hash little... brown. It's got more like okay. a coating. It doesn't. Okay. The the potato cake and a which hash is, brown, which is a fantastic food item. The potato cake. Correct. Okay, it doesn't right. pretend to be a French fry. Okay. The steak fry, it's really like a quarter of a baked potato, and it's pretending to be a French fry. You're not, you're not fooling me. No, Mark. <laughs> see, steak fries are for skinny people to say, "Oh, I'm only going to eat one fry." <laughs> Heaven, two fries, and yeah. it's like six fries. One yeah. steak fry is like six fries, which I'm totally fine with. But, but just be honest with what you're doing. Oh, I'm just going to eat this one seven ounce fry. You know, but so. I think are are we are we all in agreement the the best fast food fry so this this shocked me and I don't know if uh, Miami.com or Miami Herald has sponsors I love all fast food I and the same thing with the radio stations we talk about food there's always and I I might love an item at a particular place and maybe not care for another item at a particular place doesn't mean that I don't love the place 
Uh, can we all agree McDonald's is the best fast food French fry? Yeah, absolutely. Oh, yeah. Oh, absolutely. 100%. 100%. And, like, fast food French fry and a lot of independent restaurants would would kill to be able to make a fry that good. Yeah. There's, a, there's a lot. There's honestly a lot of testing over the years that went into making that fry just that way. And back in the day, they used to fry it in oil that was that was less good for you. Correct. Uh, or, or, or more bad, uh, <laughs> worse for you. And... And they were more delicious, and you know, and and we've we've talked them out of being more delicious, but uh, we we've uh, we've guilted them into being uh, less delicious. But you're right. I mean, nobody. But how do you guys do fries. that? How do you guys do that? Eat five different items from five different places in one day? Because Carlos and I did a tour of Miami's croqueta providers, finding the the best croquetas in Miami once, and we literally were we wanted to die. Amy's white girl stomach. She needed a stomach oh, transplant. No. After. At yeah, one point, uh... oh my god! At one point, I said to Carlos, "Can we just stop here and like eat a salad?" Like I, I was like, "No." <laughs> I was like, yeah. "Dig deep, yeah. dig deep." This is this is what separates like the good from the, the boys great. from the men. That's right. You're this is where you become your, uh, a champion, right? When you're at your seventh place and you're I having was like, another no, I need chocolate something frosted green. donut. Yeah, you're, she, uh, you're Mark, questioning she, every decision that you've made. Yeah, it's Mark. Not she the... ordered a salad. She's like, "I need something green before the next." Her body we at, was at, shutting down. What's it called? Doce, Doce Provisiones or whatever it's called. Yeah, the... Doce Provisions. It's on 12th Street. Dude, mm-hmm. I was like, I need a salad. I need something green because <laughs> the fritura to like <laughs> to salad balance is, is out of whack at this point. Yeah, poor thing, man. She was really suffering. She really Mark, suffered. Do you really have hard. the white girl stomach, or can you go a whole day with fried with with five different types of fried? Oh, food? I can oh, go a on. month on McRibs and Shamrock Shakes. <laughs> he went and, to the University uh, of Miami, Amy. He can live on like he can just eat out of the dumpster, and he'll. he'll so that was my uh, <laughs> when I got to University of Miami in 1987. That was my first introduction to croquetas. It was in the uh, I lived in Pearson Hall, which is still there, Pearson and Mahoney, and. Uh, I went down to the cafeteria, was attached to Pearson or just across the uh, the driveway, and they had these things called what I thought were croquettes, and they kind of look almost like a mozzarella stick, you know, at the uh, at the cafeteria. That was my first uh, first taste ever of a croqueta. I had ne- I'd never even heard of them. Like I mean, back in '87, I don't I don't even think they were available anywhere outside of a uh, uh, a Miami. Um, or South Florida, and look but how yeah, well you, and my, look how uh, well you pronounce them. Look how well yeah. you pronounce that. Say that again. I studied Spanish for a long time, long time. <laughs> you know, I had never seen a mango in person until I went to the Dominican Republic. Like I had never actually seen like held my the actual wife. fruit. I like this Love episode. This is like mango. inside the minds of white people. That's yeah. right, white people in Miami. I really, I'm enjoying this. Yeah, my wife oh, loves wife, she mango. mango, and the the neighbor has a mango tree, and uh, he knows to uh, once they're uh, once they're falling off and ripe, bring them right over to Lori Hockman. If your mayor, if your neighbor has a mango tree, you have a mango tree. That's how that works. In Miami. <laughs> yeah, you're 100 percent correct. That's really how that works. When I you're went to the Dominican correct. Republic, I had a mango like a smoothie, and they put milk in it, and it was delicious. And it, I had to run to the bathroom. <laughs> see, see what I'm talking about? <laughs> see what I'm talking? Like, like Amy is ready to die for food. We'll die for food, man. And oh, no, I'll, Mark, I'll like, listen. I'll keel over. My, uh, we we always uh, get excited. My son likes a shamrock shake. He is, uh, you know, so it's this time of year that McDonald's they bring him out the end of February. Runs a little bit past St. Patrick's Day. Um, 
And now that I'm 52 years old, like, so he'll say to me sometimes, be 11, 11.30 at night, hey, let's make a shamrock shake run. And so we'll go awesome. to McDonald's, and I'll tell you, you're a 52-year-old man, and you drink a shamrock shake, no. 11, 30, 12 at night. No. I mean, but uh, no. much like Amy, I will die for the love of food because, I mean, I am keeled over, but smiling at the same time. Yeah. I am, yeah. I am in oh, intense abdominal pain, totally but worth smiling. It. You know, smiling, what? but, but th- how much of that, that we'll do it again tomorrow night. How much of that element is being able to like that your your kid is still at that age where he's the like, best. let's go do this thing. Together, oh, yeah, for sure. Know? Right. The best. Yeah. Well, he's going off to college next year. So anytime oh, he man. wants to go, he can wake me at three in the morning. If he wants to go get a shamrock shake, I am in. You know, my my uh, oldest daughter is, is a freshman in college now at the University of Florida legacy like her father and, and her yeah. and her mom. And uh, and she's she came back to Gainesville. I mean, she came back from Gainesville this week, and she's like, "Dad, I have some requests. <laughs> like, there were certain foods that she wanted, you know. And uh, and she and it's like, I want to go get this food, and I want to go to the bookstore like we used to, and I want to sit, go to the park, and read. And like, she wanted, she like almost regressed. Like, she appreciated all these that parent cool. kid moments, you know. You know what I love about college and going to visit colleges. So this goes into my whole thing of food and kitschy food and 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 uh, pop culture food and being able to try stuff that you you don't normally get. So up in Gainesville, uh, and I've never been to Gainesville, but you know my radio partner obviously was a, a football player at Florida, Channing Crowder. Very but they one. have a uh, a chicken place. What is it? It's not Zaxby's, which you can't really get down here. I think there's one in West Palm Beach by the. Uh, by the outlet malls, but there's a uh, a, a gut bo- Guthrie's Guthrie's in Gainesville. You heard of that, Carlos? Yeah, yeah, that sounds that sounds familiar. So th- these are the places that I like to go. So when we visited FSU with my son, there's a Whataburger at FSU. Well, Whataburger really is only in Dallas. Uh, there's some certain other areas, California, yeah, California, mm-hmm. In and Out Burger, obviously in California and Vegas. I go out there, and I, in fact, in my background here. What do you that's got? A, uh, a picture of me and my son at In and Out Burger. Oh, that's awesome. <laughs> Certainly worth framing. That's fantastic. Um, but I, I like going and visiting when I'm in an area. So some people will go, well, you're in Tampa. You've got to go to Burn Steakhouse because that's the fancy restaurant. And then you've got to go to the dessert room. I go to Tampa and I want to go to Portillo's. So Portillo's is a place that is, I mean, ubiquitous in Chicago and thoughts, uh, right? in the Midwest. They have uh, Italian beef sandwiches, burgers, Chicago-style hot dogs. They have an unbelievable lemon cake and chocolate cake, um, and it's fantastic. But there is a Portillo's in Tampa. And so when I travel, I always want to visit not the fanciest steakhouse, not the greatest seafood place. I want to go to In-N-Out Burger. I want to go to Whataburger. If I'm on a road trip, I want to visit Bucky's, one of the greatest convenience store slash gas stations on the planet. There's another one called Sheets, which I've never been to, and I think it's up in the Northeast. I want to visit a Sheets. When Wawa came down here, my wife is from Philadelphia. I mean, Wawa was a religion for her growing up in Philly. So that's the kind of stuff that I like with food. You know, everybody wants to talk about the real high-class, super expensive. And look, I'm down with it. You want to go to Prime Italian or Prime 112 or New York Prime up in Boca? I'm down with it. I'll go. I'm all about it. But I really, I really enjoy the searching for a place, a burger place that, you know, like Le Tub 
in uh, in Hollywood, right? You take someone here, and it's it's just a burger joint. Like that's the kind of stuff that I love. Let's so what go, are in, your, what are go your... in. Wait, wait, wait an hour and a half to to get a really good burger. Uh, may, maybe the staff will decide to bring it to you. They'll be like. <laughs> Here's your burger. Not the friendliest. Not the friendliest. But well, wait a minute. But then it's what's, like, what's your it's very like island like like very island uh, uh, inspired? Like <laughs> here's you know we'll bring it to you when it's right. ready. Right. You know, we know here it there. is. Yeah, we here's, know a be- here's another beer. You know. Yeah. <laughs> what are your favorite like local you know just hangout spots to go to? Like what mm. restaurants would you like? What is your Mount Rushmore of normal people food in mm. Miami? You got a Mount Rushmore. I know you got a Mount Rushmore for us. Whether yeah, it's just like normal, great regular question. I didn't put much thought into that. I really should. So well, let's call um, it like weekday food, like food that you would eat during the weekday. When just you don't... going out with the yeah. with the wife and uh, and grabbing a bite. Yeah. Hmm. Wow. That's oh, a, that's on, on the spot. Look that's at that. A, no, got... but that's that's a good one. And and you don't want me to to mention like a chain spot. You can. It doesn't anything. matter. Whatever doesn't you matter. want. Because no. I'll tell you, for me, a go-to, and here's uh, people are going to consider this to be a food provocateur take, uh, Cheesecake Factory, for me, <laughs> dollar for dollar, wow. menu item for menu item, you can't tell me you've ever had a bad meal at Cheesecake Factory. You can't. Uh, yeah. <laughs> you know what? You know what? Because Cheesecake Factory, you know what's Has... funny is one of, the, one of the best chefs that I know, and, and again, and you can tell from this conversation that I like I'm down with the people's food. Like, I love that there was a KFC in Hialeah that was the only place in the world that made its own flan, like, <laughs> in-house. Like, I love stories like that. And there's a chef that's really, honestly, one, easily one of the best in Florida, maybe one of the best in the country. His name is Clay Conley, and he works, he, he owns his restaurant in Palm Beach called Bucan. But that guy started at a cheesecake factory. And, he, and he's like, and the, the thing I learned there is that Every dish is identical. Like every time you make a whatever, a pot sticker plate, it is identical. It tastes identical. It's the same temperature. The kitchen moves like a well-oiled machine. And nobody will tell you, nobody that is like a serious restaurant will tell you that a Cheesecake Factory or especially a Houston's does oh. not does not know like how to how to keep their stuff together man no, they, they really know audience. they, know they what they're really doing. know how to run a restaurant I, I i love a restaurant like houston's that has the kitchen completely visible when you walk in and the houston's on glade road in boca i mean the kitchen right when you walk in you watch them work and it is like you say a well-oiled machine that's a great call houston's man people sleep on houston's that is I mean, everyone knows the uh, the spinach dip there is fantastic, but I mean, a rack of ribs at Houston's, a burger at Houston's, that's good eating right there. But I love Cheesecake Factory too. There's a an, an Italian restaurant in Pompano we like called uh, Cafe La Buca. We uh, we enjoy that as a family. Uh, I, I I will tell you the 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 reason uh, you know was um, Ryan Sense from Funky Buddha Brewery, who you guys had on, who took a shot at me. Um, I in 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 all honesty, the food at Funky Buddha's Tap Room in He's Oakland great. Park is phenomenal, phenomenal. Yeah. You know, people think I I hadn't gone there, and and Funky Buddha's a good partner with the radio show. As much as I may uh, dislike Ryan and his brother <laughs> KC, they're very good partners. Um, but I I really thought you know oh it's a tap room you know it's going to be a lot of beer swilling. 
and uh, and maybe you'll get a uh, a bowl of peanuts somewhere on the uh, on the counter. And it's a it is a full service, fully functional restaurant. And I have to tell you, for someone who's never been to Funky Buddha, they have menu items that are out of this world. It's a great casual place. I love Funky Buddha. Well, you know what? Uh, we uh, this morning, Ryan sensed because he knew that we were going to be talking. He was texting me. You know, we were talking trash, and and you were on that text string, and and he mentioned that. Um, that the Yucatots, which really like, oh. are, are not on that menu. And he knew that the reason they didn't have yuca is because there, were, there was some kind of drought in Costa Rica and the <laughs> yuca was extra dry or something. Yeah. And, and it made the yuca balls like explode like napalm when you tried to fry them. <laughs> but I'm saying is Ryan is the kind of guy that like, just as he's obsessive about creating something special with his beer, you can see how that would extrapolate to what he expects yes. out of the food to be. 100%. You know? And so the, the first time I had eaten there... They had these Yucatots, and I'm, 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 I've never been a huge fan of yuca, like, you know, just boiled yuca, mushy yuca. Oh, you ain't not had my it right. thing. You ain't had it right, but okay. I will tell I was going to say, you haven't had the right mojo. Yeah. That's well, I will, I will tell you that uh, Pollo Tropical, if I can, uh, Ooh, if I can give you the that. proper pronunciation. That was amazing. Carl, that was tight. Uh, Pollo Tropical has fried yuca. And it's really like just uh, uh, almost like a, a French fry, a much thicker yuca French fry, which I kind of like. And it is kind of like a steak fry. <laughs> and, uh, and I kind of like it. And then I got to Funky Buddha, and I don't know what you know, uh, caused them to bring us out a platter of the Yucatats. Game changer. Game changer. And this was maybe five, six years ago. And oh. uh, I talked about these Yucatats on the air for weeks months than years <laughs> and uh and i just found out that yeah they don't have them right now on the if menu, you want yucatats we just went to chug's diner yesterday and those yucatats are legit and the, yes. the sauce it's is funny i mentioned that to him earlier on the on the text because really we, good we both had them and we were like this was yes. excellent like this real is, thin and is, crispy on the outside yeah. and the inside like, like on the inside I think and there might have the been sauce cheese, with citrusy some kind of cheese sauce or something mixed into it because it was real kind of creamy it was it nice, wasn't man. like it wasn't yeah it was super creamy it wasn't like they chopped up yuca and just fried it it was like yeah. like a mush there you was know? some there was some chefiness there was some real that. chefiness going on in there but i'll yeah. tell you um again food take provocateur uh and i know in a hispanic area like this i don't know what the reaction is when I say that I really enjoy Pollo Tropical, like, I mean, oh, you get no, no, no one argues it. with you. No you one get some chop chops, right? Some, oh, some, no uh, one's going to argue with Pollo Tropical is legit. You know what? Right, even as long as, because that, that Pollo Tropical, that's like another, so when I say I go to Tampa and I want to visit Portillo's, and when I go to LA, I want to go to In-N-Out Burger, you know, people that come to Miami, they should want to stop. At Pollo Tropical, because they don't they don't have that around the country. I think they have it in Orlando. I think they call it tropical chicken. They even uh, gringoize it more up oh, in yeah. Orlando. That hurts Old me. Tropical chicken. Yeah, that hurts I feel me a bad bit. for the Midwest that they don't have Pollo Tropical. Like I feel like they sh that's something that they should have because it's actually one of those. What it's one of those fast food their... places where you can you can get your whole family fed yes. for like thirty bucks, and yep. it's not like. Garbage food. It's not like fry, fried food or like it doesn't feel super you processed. To, uh, you ever go to Chicken Kitchen down here in South Florida? Yeah, I've yeah, been to Chicken, chicken Kitchen. My chicken white kitchen. girl's stomach doesn't like. See, <laughs> see, I think I think Chicken Kitchen is a superior version of Pollo Tropical. It is. Believe yeah. it or yeah. not, yeah. it is. No. Now, I, I don't think they have black beans at Chicken Kitchen. Maybe they do. 
but I what, like I prefer the Tropa Chops at uh, at Pollo Tropical because of the black beans. But at Chicken Kitchen, yellow rice, the original Chop Chop, if you will, their mustard curry sauce is the premier sauce for any chicken dipping in South Florida and maybe the world. Wow, he's spoken. Wow. The you food have food say, has spoken. But I will I tell you this. I was going to say that there was one my in white Boca. Girls- there was one in Boca, and it closed. It was dirty. It was filthy dirty. Oh, I still went there because I don't know. No, my I white like girl's it. stomach has I had like issues with the, with the chicken kitchen in the past, and I think it was because of the sauce. Amy, mm. but that's oh, that's why Pollo Tropical is in the Midwest because they got Midwest white girl stomachs, and you will you will kill you will kill half Dude. of America. It's like giving them COVID. Like you will give them you will give them you take white them girl out stomach. In one fell swoop. WGS. They got WGS twenty twenty two. You know, twenty two. We all need to go into lockdown and eat eat uncrustables and nothing oh, else. Just eat uncrustables to bring yourself back to life. I'll tell you what, man. Oil tropical though. People sleep on that. I mean, you have that, you know, that's that's one of those South Florida things where you go, wow, there's a Pollo Tropical within five miles of wherever you are. What a delight. What Mark, a treat. <laughs> what Mark, a, listen, what a place to be alive. What a, what a time to be alive. <laughs> let's settle this because uh, you're, you're a man after my own heart, and I'm really going to judge you on this one. Pineapple on pizza, yes or no? No, absolutely not. Oh, um, now, well, if, it was if, nice having you on, Mark. If here. I was at a party Take them and off. they had ordered, you know, Hawaiian pizza, and it was there. I might have a slice, but I say this on the radio show with Crowder and Solana all the time. I always go, you know, a little too cutesy. Uh, everything nowadays, you know, everybody wants to get a little too cutesy. Uh, even the GPS, you know, you, oh, I'm trying to get to this place. All of a sudden, I'm on a, a side road to save 14 seconds. And I got, you know, the, the GPS, I wish there was a no cutesy button. It just get me where I'm going. If it's going to save three minutes, but it's taking me off the main road, not interested. Don't get cutesy. That's what happens with the pineapple pizza. Everybody wants to get a little cutesy. Oh, I, I, I eat pizza in a way that, uh, that you don't know how, and I put pineapple on it. Let's be honest. If they pineapple doesn't belong. Pineapple they, doesn't belong. On if pizza. they outlawed pineapple on pizza, I would be under a bridge with a can <laughs> of pineapple, like grilling it over the fire in like a fire created. Out you're of telling trash, me that's one of your five it, top ways to order pizzas to have yes, pineapple on it? Is pi- especially if they do something to the pineapple first, like they grill it, like and throw it's it got, in the garbage, and it's got like. Mm. <laughs> I mean, ridiculous. It's a ridiculous take. First of all, we Listen, all know a pepperoni pizza is the preferred way to order a pizza. We can all get cutesy, and that's fine. But if you want the standard pizza, how it's supposed to be delivered, cheese, pepperoni, and well done. little life hack for you. And Always crust. order your pizza well done. I have, I have had my, the best cut. pizza I've ever made, and I no commentary as I go through it, is, is grilled, grill the pineapple. Red onions, like a salami, like a small uh, Italian salami cut real thin all over it. Little shaved garlic, and then, you know, some fresh grated mozz over the top. That's the best pizza Do you think you're doing that? I think you're doing it because you're a food editor. No. I think you're. I think you're it's trying. Delicious. I think you're. I think you're trying to. You know that uh, you're. You're trying to live up to your moniker. I want right? more. Mark. So I'm I a, want more. I'm a food editor. I can't just have a pepperoni pizza like normal people. So I, I've got to do this and then I got to sprinkle and I got to drizzle and I got. You know, eh, let's call it what it is. You're eating a uh, an inferior pizza because you think you should be. 
because you've got the title of food editor. Listen, I'm here to, hey, I'm here to he wake you up. You, he just called wake you up. a snob, Carlos. No, wake no. Up. What I'm, listen, <laughs> you don't up. understand that once you do this job, like you, you, uh, you, have, so you have pepperoni on pizza. It's kind of like, and then after pepperoni, you're like, oh, what another? What about if I put a kind of salami on there? What if I put a chorizo? It's what a little if I bit put like prosciutto it's and a, arugula. A prosciutto and and arugula. now I'm eating a salad. It's, it's a little bit like drug use. Like before you know it, you, you're, you're tying <laughs> rubber around your arm slow? and you're like isn't, pineapple and red onion. And isn't uh, that always the though. question though, right? If you have an item, a dish that you love at a restaurant and you go to that restaurant, do you try new things because, oh, I want to see what else is here. I'm tired. Of, I go to Cheesecake Factory. I get the crusted chicken Romano almost every time. And then you get there and you go, okay, should I try something new because I've had the crusted chicken Romano? Or do you say, hey, you know what? I know what I like. Pepperoni pizza is the, uh, is the example. I know what I like. Why should I start dilly-dallying around with a whole bunch of other stuff? Maybe I'm going to like it. Maybe I'm not. I know that I like the pepperoni pizza. I know I like the crusted chicken Romano. Like, isn't isn't that that question? You know, Carlos, I think I kind of agree with Mark on all topics today. Because you two I- are two <laughs> white people from the Midwest. That's what you do. And look, I'm I'm actually I'm actually okay. I'm actually okay with going to the restaurant and getting the thing that you like at that restaurant. I am actually a proponent of go to different restaurants. You know what I mean? And find your one item at a different place. Like every Thursday, like for too many Thursdays, I go to this bar by my house. It's a craft beer bar where they do Sir Funky Buddha. Not that they sponsor us, though they should. We've mentioned them so much on this show. <laughs> and and they have um, – there's this one guy who makes these these pancombiste there. And I love the pancombiste. It's only on a Thursday. That's what I get when I go there. So, like, I'm okay with that, but, like, on a different Thursday, maybe I'll go to a different restaurant and I'll figure now, out. I, so that's that's my, my theory get, on that. that, that okay that's, like my, that's my go-to at any Cuban restaurant. If I go to a Cuban restaurant, pan comi steak is that's, – that's what I get. Again, I know I like it. So should I go outside the box – and get yeah, that's the way I feel about my, my Sunday brunch. People, nope. people are like, oh, let's go do brunch over here, over there. I like to go to brunch the same place every Sunday, Deli get the Lane. same waitress and the, the same table, <laughs> table and get the same $6 mimosas. I get the Southwestern huevitos. And everything is cool because I have been to other places in Miami where they're trying to tell me that their brunch is great. But like... I like the way Delhi Lane. Like. I, I like the way Delhi Lane does their southwestern huevitos, and I know that their mimosas are good, and I know Jenny's going to treat me right. So, why would I do anything else? Like, how, how about this? We had this conversation on the air yesterday. We uh, we do a segment called "Talk About It," where Alejandro Solana, who's our executive producer, he brings up a topic, and this had happened to him over the weekend. I'm curious what your guys' take is on this. You go to a restaurant. And you're with your wife, husband, significant other. And it has to be someone that you've been with for a long time, not someone that, you know, not a first date or second date. Um, They order something and you want to order the same entree. Is that a no-no? Where we gave the example, like Solana was at a restaurant with his girlfriend. He said, I'm going to get whatever, the the, uh, roasted chicken. And she said, oh, I wanted to get that. And I've done the same thing. I'll go back to Cheesecake Factory. My wife loves the crusted chicken Romano as well. I'll say, what are you going to get? She says, I'm going to get the crusted chicken Romano. And I say, oh, I was going to get that. Can you order the same entree 
when you're with your significant other at a restaurant? Or do you find it kind of understood that the second person ordering has to order something else because it's crazy to bring two of the same entrees to the same table? I am okay with the double order. I'm okay with that because if that's what everybody really likes, I actually think that it's better to split like if you're both between two of the same dishes. That's when I think you can do that. You should do one and one. Like, oh, I'm really between the roasted chicken and this. But if you both want the thing, get the thing. Like, well, how I think, about though? Listen, it depends okay on how that. much the entrees cost. Because if it's, and if you've never had it before, if you know that it's good and you know that you want it, I would say everybody get it. But if you're at a new place, like if you're at like a place where she wants the T-bone steak and then he wants the veal, you know, he, he, he wants the same thing, like, Get the veal, you get the T-bone steak, and then you guys can share because your entrees are going to be super expensive. You might as well just kind of diversify your, like, dining portfolio at that moment because you're about to spend but, a bunch but, of money. But what if, you know, your significant other, you go, oh, I'm going to get the ribs. I'm at Houston. I'm going to get the ribs. And she just, you know, says, and it's kind of understood, oh, perfect. I'm going to get the French dip, and we can share it. Well, wait, it's very presumptuous. Wait, That's wait very, a presumptuous. very presumptuous. You, you never said you've been with you never She's said gonna get an appetizer. You hear and... that, Lori? You hear that? If you, now, if you had also said, I'm between the ribs and the French dip. I'm not between anything. I want it, the damn ribs. Then you got to go. Then it's very presumptuous to say, I'm going to eat half your ribs. Because it's well, going to be Wait a minute, because the French dip, isn't that like an appetizer? That's not a meal. She's about to eat all your oh, food. Oh, French it's dip sandwich? No, that's no, a, oh, okay, okay. It's a, it's a big yeah. sandwich. You need a, yeah. Okay, okay. Not that, not that anything's not a sandwich, but the French dip right, is certainly right. a sandwich. The yeah, ribs are not a sandwich. Well, they're sandwiched between two bones. <laughs> like if you had two bones and the meat in the middle. So a rib is a sandwich. Sure, it depends how it's served. So it could be a no. Rib that's, that's where Carlos goes huh? off. He goes off the rails now. You just don't eat the bread. You just that's 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 a sandwich where you can't eat the bread. Interesting. No, basically, a sandwich is just is just like a, it's a thing that it's an edible napkin. Basically, you know, you're holding the thing. That's <laughs> so every meal, pretty much, you're having a sandwich, no I'm matter what you're eating. Pancakes are pancakes I, a sandwich? Uh, you can sandwich things in them. But they're they're not on their own a sandwich. There's got to be another ingredient. Right. Okay. There's got to be another ingredient. Right. Very good, uh, Mark. I, I've heard you go on on the radio talk about this more than once. Sprinkles on ice cream. Uh, sprinkle. Mike, my, my now fourteen year old likes sprinkles. She likes sprinkles on her thing. Can an time adult to start weaning her? Can 14, an adult it's time to start weaning? Yeah, I was gonna say, can a twenty one year old man no. walk into a no. a in a Cold Stone no. or uh, and say, I would like sprinkles on that? Absolutely not. And and here's why. I'm glad you brought this up, Carlos. It's very <laughs> important to me. Uh, to me, the cutoff is really twelve or thirteen on sprinkles. Sprinkles don't add anything to ice cream. They're Agreed. purely decorative, right? They're purely decorative. They're made in rainbow colors. They aren't flavorful. They're wax. I don't think sprinkles have any kind of intrinsic flavor. They're literally to let kids go, hey, look how fun and exciting this ice cream is. It's got rainbow sprinkles. And by the way, Midwest guy, sprinkles. Again, my wife's from Philly. She calls them jimmies. Everybody up in the Northeast oh. calls them jimmies. No it's one knows jimmies. what that is. No I know. One knows it's not, Nobody it's not knows jimmies. what that is. They're sprinkles, but they're, no. you know, you go, you, go up to, you go up to Philly or New York or, or uh, uh, Boston and, and say, you know, ice cream with sprinkles. They, they don't know what you're talking about. They'll say jimmies. But rainbow sprinkles, chocolate sprinkles, they don't add anything. They don't add any flavor. 
the texture that they add actually takes away from the texture of the ice cream, which is the greatest part of the ice cream, right? The creaminess. Silky, smooth, creamy ice cream. All of a sudden, you're going to put, you know, um, um, road tax in it for no, no, <laughs> I think no that particular any reason. Broken glass. Gets, yeah. It's broken and glass. So, so, so I would say, uh, and I, I, I would say definitively, with, with the utmost confidence, if you're an adult and you're saying at an ice cream place, I would like a scoop of ice cream with some rainbow sprinkles, you need to do a checkup from the neck up. Because something's wrong there. It's These like are walking for in, kids. It's like walking around with a pacifier in your mouth. It's just, it, it's the same. It's, it's the same. I think it's, that that person kids. is probably probably a sociopath. I yes. think now, there's you, something. You want to put cheesecake bites in your ice cream? Knock yourself out. Yep. You want to put uh, cookie dough bites in the ice cream? I think cream? if you want to put a, like some kind of almonds or nuts to make you feel like you're Texture? making it healthier. No, like, healthier. You know? No, no. No one, no one eats ice cream thinking it's healthy. Well, no. <laughs> if you put if you put about. almonds on it, you're no. you're like, yeah, almonds. Yeah, well, it's that makes got this... fiber. No. Uh, yeah. <laughs> no. Nuts are yeah, good for no. you. Sprinkles. Sprinkles is is uh, that's been a pet project for me for a long time because I've I've really uh, tried to change a lot of minds on something. You know. It, I listen, really think that this is a good endeavor. Well, we all grow up and we're taught we're taught how great sprinkles are. You want sprinkles on that, right? It's said with that, you know, you want sprinkles. It's like glitter. It's like putting glitter on paper. It's like putting glitter on something. And and if you are eleven years old and you're handing in a homework assignment and you want to put glitter on it because you're eleven years old, that's great. You're at work and you've got to put together your expense report and you want to put glitter on it? No. At some point, you got to cut off that behavior, and that's how I feel about sprinkles. At some point, you got to cut off the behavior. Carlos, you said your daughter's fourteen. It's time. It's just yeah. past time. You're two Let's years her, behind uh, schedule. She's, 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 it's basically like still being like still breastfeeding at like five yeah, years old. Right. She's exactly. Them. You got to you got to yeah. get around to maybe yeah. some Heath Bar Crunch, yeah. uh, maybe some uh, bunch of Crunch. You know. Let, let's move on. Well, well, Mark, so we're, we're getting a little long in the tooth, but I, before we let you go, we want to we want to let Amy give you a Mount Rushmore. So, <laughs> oh, because, this see, is exciting! Amy, no one Amy, gives me a Mount Rushmore. Amy is our is our resident uh, uh, sports, sports no idiot. Nothing. She's our resident sports <laughs> idiot. She's kind of like she's the Stugats of food usually, but the the, <laughs> the, the amount of the amount of uh, of sports that she knows. Let's put it this way: she wasn't sure what position Dan Marino played with the Dolphins. <laughs> so that that said. Amy, this is Amy's Mount Rushmore of things that she remembers in sports. Oh, I my wait. vague sports memories. Okay, my first vague sports memory is uh, Mary Lou Retton getting a ten in the 1984 Olympics. That's a great one. That's a really good one. She did the full twisting Sukahara, and that was a very impressive vault for her. And um, tell, tell the people, Amy, do you did you were you a gymnast? I was a gymnast, so that's why I care. There you go. Is Gary Strug going to be on this list? No. What's that? Only one Is gymnast. Gary Strug going to be on no, this only list? one gymnast. <laughs> oh, okay. Only one, my... only one abused sports athlete <laughs> per, per Mount Rushmore. Right. So then my second vague sports memory is I remember a basketball player on the Pistons named Bill Ambeer playing with a face mask on. Like, I remember that being a thing that happened when I was a child. And sure. Yeah, that was like, a very... Uh... Uh, Silence of the Lambs. It was a very disturbing time for me to sit there while my brother watched sports ball on the TV and see him 
I, with yeah, growing up in Chicago, on. I hated Bill Lambeer. He was the, everyone, the one in the side of the Bulls. Everyone hated Bill Lambeer if you weren't, a, unless you were from Detroit. You're right. He was the most despicable. Well, I find him to be terrifying. I found him to be terrifying as a person who grew up in Detroit watching him. And I think watching him win, too. Like, I, I pretty much, rem- I vaguely recall the Pistons being good they when were. I was a child. Yeah. He's like, he's like, would you like to play some basketball today? <laughs> okay, and my third vague sports memory is that one time all of the Miami Heat fans ran out of the stadium when they were about to, <laughs> <That's two laughs> when they were about to win. You know, Stu Gods is one of the guys that left the stadium during yep. that Oh, my game. gosh. I know. I remember that oh, that's right. That must have been right. so famously, embarrassing. Famously, he left, and then the Heat came <laughs> back and had the in. most. That was maybe the most. And the thing is, the Heat comeback in that game and the Ray Allen get those effing ropes out of here is mm. maybe one of the most iconic sports moments in Miami sports. Quite possibly the most iconic sports moment, certainly in recent Miami history. Well, I yeah. remember the fans being dorks and just leaving. Yeah. Like, that's my memory of it. Yeah. And then my final sports memory that I vaguely remember is at some point in Tiger Woods' history, his wife started banging on his car with a golf club. And I think that was probably a very iconic moment for us all to remember. Four great sports moments, Amy. I think you really, I think you nailed the nailed spirit it. of Mount Rushmore. Those are four great sports moments. Before we let you go, we got it. We, <laughs> every week we play a little Kiss, Mary Kill. So we, right. play, we take, we take uh, three things that you love and we force you to kill one of them and we force you to marry the other one. All right. Uh, and you can and kiss the third. This is our PG version. So, uh, so, so let's do uh, kiss, Mary kill. I'm going to make this up on the spot because I, I feel like you will, <laughs> you will get this. So let's say Publix chicken tender subs. Publix chicken tender subs overrated, by the way. Oh, okay. Uh, uh, deep dish Giordano's pizza. Deep dish Giordano's pizza. And mild chicken wings. <laughs> <laughs> so I would marry... Giordano's deep dish pizza because I could spend the rest of my life with that. Okay. I will kiss the mild chicken wing. Uh, my Mount Rushmore, Amy, uh, a famous segment on our radio show, my Mount Rushmore of chicken wing flavors, mild, <laughs> medium, barbecue, and boneless. <laughs> <laughs> So I would, uh, I would kiss the mild wings, and I would kill the Publix chicken tender sub, which is overrated. Wow. Wow. He, Amy, Mark Hockman has spoken. He Mark, has spoken. Thank you for joining us. He hasn't us. said anything, but he has <laughs> spoken. Thank you for sharing your awful and wonderful food takes, and I hope that we can have you on at some point uh, to share more as we, uh, as we go along. I look forward to your work in the anti-sprinkle movement. Thank you. I look forward to welcoming you you aboard the (laughs) anti-sprinkle movement. We're with you, man. We're with you. I appreciate I appreciate that. This was fun. I really enjoyed it. Anytime I could talk food for hours and hours and hours. So anytime. All right, my man. Take care. We'll see. We'll hear you on the radio. Thanks. Wow. I, I just I get such a kick out of every ridiculous thing he says, and uh, and I could I could have we could have done that for another hour. Yeah, honestly. no, he had so many bad food takes to to just discuss that we would have been there for just forever. I mean, yeah. I really think that we could have gone on for about an hour 
on his hot takes on the Cheesecake Factory menu. I think we should have we, we should schedule another follow up interview just to talk about the menu at the just Cheesecake go through Factory. the menu. That'll be the yeah. whole whole show. Well, just to wrap up, you know, we promised we talk about Smorgasburg. So, um, uh, you know, that's that's going to start on Saturday. Um, and I'm curious to see how it goes off because it's only Saturdays. It's across from the Old Wood Tavern. Um, Miami folks will know where that is. Um, and it's it's during the day. And that I'm going to be very curious about because uh, I wonder how many people will survive not melting because that's going to be pretty hot. It's going to be like uh, 11 to 6, I want to say. And we were out there, our colleague Connie Ogle and I were out there, um, just like when it was closing, and I was like, it's actually starting to get nice now, and it's like 5.30. Can you, can you think of, can you remember any of the vendors that stood out to you? Yeah, uh, Wolf of Tacos, uh, who you wrote about, if you Google, you know, Wolf of Tacos in the Miami Herald, um, Eduardo Lara, who makes really great uh, Mexican-style um, tacos, and as a matter of fact, the guy who founded the Smorgasbord is Mexican background, he's like, these are the best these are the most legitimate tasting tacos uh, I've had in Miami. So, so them uh, drinking pig, uh, which was the, by the uh, former Q guys, uh, are n- now do their their barbecue. That's the barbecue, right? Mm-hmm. They do excellent barbecue. They they are like neck and neck with um, smoke and dough out and Kendall with my favorite barbecue right now in Miami. Um, and there's a there's these guys. This is gonna sound very random. They're called Sando, and they make sandwiches. And they had like an egg salad sandwich. That your white girl stomach would adore. Oh, that adore. sounds so appealing to me right oh now. Oh my god, it was so good. It was cold, like it was hot, so it was like this cold egg salad on like lightly toasted thick bread, you know. Nice. Um, it was delicious. So uh, I'm curious to check it out. Uh, I'm I'm also curious to see how long before they go instead of from eleven to six to uh, six to eleven. Yeah, uh, and exactly. And put some lights up there. <laughs> Um, uh, and, and I think, uh, you know, cake tie, I, I mentioned, uh, I wrote a story about them that, you know, he, he, he had a really great Thai place. He's, he is Thai. He and his mom came Wait, from before, Thailand. before you go on, say his last name for us. I won't, <laughs> I won't because, uh, he's got a Thai last name and it's got 15 a lot characters. of letters. It's got a lot of, I am not kidding when I say it has 15 characters. Uh, it does. Uh, I, I will try to, I'll, I'll tell you what, I'll pronounce it on the next episode when I have it. Okay. Um, and uh, and so he's going to open a new, uh, new spot in j- July in downtown. So we will have a story on that online. Google it. You'll find it. And before we go, mm-hmm. let me remind everybody that our Croqueta Sweet 16 is posted and you still have the opportunity to vote for your favorite Croqueta provider in Miami. And the votes are coming in and we have two that are at the top that are just killing it. So you guys, anybody who... Um, who likes some of the some of the ones that are on the bottom? You need to get your people, and you need to start the boats going on because I'm telling you, we've got two front runners that are really just killing it. Totally unscientific, just for fun. Nobody wins anything. You just get bragging rights. Yeah, there there is no on. prize. <laughs> we reiterate, there is no prize. No, there's no prize. Well, Amy, that's a show. All right. I thought it was great having Mark on, and uh, I the thought you you were hilarious, and uh, I think people should tune in to uh, and. If they prefer to hear it on audio, they can get all these episodes uh, on uh, your favorite podcast platform. All right. I'm about to go to the Cheesecake Factory. (laughs) Have fun with that. (laughs) Deuces. Bye.